you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth. Someone say thirsteth. For God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God. Psalm 63, verse number one, verse number two. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul, somebody say thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen In the sanctuary, the book of John, chapter number 19, verse number 28 through verse number 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost, the accomplished yet thirsty body of Christ. The accomplished yet thirsty body of Christ. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, Are you thirsty for Jesus tonight? Would you turn to someone else and ask them, are you thirsty for Jesus tonight? And I take authority over this atmosphere right now. And I worship you for what you're about to do, Lord Jesus. I bind anything or anyone hell has sent in the atmosphere. Release the gift of faith in this place tonight. Let there be absolute hunger for you. We've come to see you and you only. We've come to feel you and you only. We've come to touch you and you only. We need you to baptize us with your spirit. Have your way tonight with someone lift up your voice and let heaven hear you as you reach toward the throne room and magnify the name of Jesus. We love you and we need you. We exalt you and we worship you. Have your way tonight, I pray, in Jesus' name. Somebody said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. David was constantly thirsty for God, for more of God than what he had seen before. I was amazed as I read this week in Psalm 63 
that he said, I will seek you early and my soul thirsteth for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In fact, he was in the wilderness of Judah when he said this prayer. So watch this. He is physically thirsty for actual natural water, but rather than focusing on his natural dilemma, he takes his natural dilemma and turns it into a supernatural opportunity. He said, I could tell you, God, that I'm actually thirsty for actual water because I am in a dry land, but I'm going to take my problem and turn it into a supernatural promise. I know that if I I take my thirst for natural water and turn it toward you for something supernatural. Not only will you meet the natural need, but you'll come through in a way that also requires supernatural authority. Is there anyone with problems in this room tonight? I dare you to shift your praying from the natural into the supernatural and start asking God to do more than just meet the need, but start Start doing things beyond what the need actually is. <laughs> Jesus is on a cross, and the Bible said all things were accomplished that the Scripture had, had spoken. So everything he has been sent to do is done. You would think since everything is accomplished, the next words out of Jesus' mouth would be, it is finished because everything is done. But in between everything being accomplished and Jesus saying, it is finished, he spoke two words, I thirst. Everything he had accomplished now done. Everything for the future set in stone. But the body of our Savior said, I am still thirsty. If you think that we should be satisfied with what the elders saw and just walk on their tailcoats and hold on to memories of miracles, you've got the wrong preacher this week because I'm telling you what has been accomplished is making me thirsty for more of God. You know, we have... Such powerful elders that have gone on, some still with us, that did just incredible sacrifices. Billy Cole saw over a million people get the Holy Ghost. And in one conference, he looked at a bunch of young preachers and said, all of you can out-preach me, but none of you can out-sacrifice me. That's why he would see a million get the Holy Ghost. Before she died, his wife, Shirley Cole, who was one of the greatest intercessors this world ever had, took me to the spot in her living room floor, and she said, I laid there for six straight days, not six minutes, not six hours, but for six days, I laid there while he was in Ethiopia, that last crusade, when 65,000 people received the Holy Ghost in a matter of seconds. She said, for six days, I laid on the floor and wept in intercession for God to pour out his spirit. 
James Kilgore's parents went to Houston, Texas, and they wanted revival so bad that the mom and dad took 30, 30 straight days. And for 30 days, 24 hours a day, they prayed a prayer chain between him and her. 24 hours a day, 30 straight days, this couple prayed for revival. He would pray 16 hours, and he would be tired, and then she would take 8 hours. Then he'd pray 12 hours and she'd pray 12 hours and for 30 straight days they did this but at the end of that 30 days revival could not be contained in their church building because of a release that had taken place due to their hunger I'm preaching a foreign language to some of you tonight because you're so into Netflix and Facebook and social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost speaking a different language to you. But is there anybody hungry for more of God out there? Is there anybody thirsty for more than what they've ever had before? Brother James Kilgore needed a breakthrough one time, so he locked himself in the attic over 100 degrees in the Texas heat, and for seven hours, he stayed in that attic and prayed and wept until God gave him an answer, and when he came out of the attic, his eyes were swollen, his hair was messed up, he was soaked in sweat. I'm talking to you about a generation that had accomplishments, that did stuff that our generation does not want to do. T.W. Barnes had a little pathway in the woods, a circle, that he walked around a stump every day, hours and hours and hours. He would pray in the woods, hours and hours and hours, and no one could see that. But if you called him and you had cancer, he would speak a word over the phone, and a miracle would be launched over the phone into your body. If you were blind and he laid hands on you, you would see because God watched him as he thirsted in that wood area, as he reached out to God when no one was watching. Lee Stone King, I remember at his house one time, as we were sitting there, he started praying, and I remember watching him as he crawled up the stairwell, screaming, Jesus, I've got to have more of you. He couldn't even walk up the stairs. He crawled up the stairs, begging for the Lord to visit him in his house. Verbal Bean one time locked himself in a church for 29 days. And if he drank water, they said he must have drank it from the faucet because no one saw him. And when he walked out after 29 days, there was a glow about his body. And the people gasped and backed up because he was so hungry and thirsty for revival. Nona Freeman with her husband and five little kids in Africa in a one-bedroom little room that they were renting from someone else in someone else's house had no money and had no food, and she began to weep and pray all the hours of the night. And then the next morning, there was a bag of food out there waiting by the door, and for 30 straight days when she would pray hours each night, she'd wake up in the morning, and there would be that bag of groceries every single day. We don't even know about that. Careful when you roll your eyes at an elder young person.
love the story. Brother Kilgore told about the 1920s when that evangelist named Wallace something, I forget his name, but Wallace something, he was going to revival with his family in a wagon, and he had two horses, and they had to go a couple hundred miles, and one of the horses went lame, and he had to kill the horse, and rather than get back in the wagon and try to drive with one horse, he got beside the other horse and put the yoke on his own shoulders, and beside the horse, he walked the rest of the way, pulling his family to the revival over a hundred miles. He walked. He had to stop all the time, and and breathe because he was so exhausted, but he walked to the revival pulling a wagon with, oh, I am telling you, that's a level, a level of hunger that we're not at anymore. If it's not easy, we don't want it. If we can't microwave the miraculous, we don't want it. If I pray for five seconds and I'm not healed, then the preacher's a liar. I wish someone had some real hunger, had some real thirst for God that said no matter what else happened, I must have more of him. The elder's accomplishment in the body of Christ must be followed by a thirsting generation before it's finished. If they accomplished all that for our generation to give it all away, if they accomplished all that, suffered all that for our generation to compromise, Oh, I'm going to preach some of you right now. I don't feel like saying what I want to say. If they suffer through all that and we sit there with a bad attitude in church because we didn't get to sit close enough to the front, something is wrong with our spirit because there are people that suffer for what we have. Is there anybody thirsty for God? Is there anybody thirsty for more? Why are you preaching this? Because typically, at the end of a revival or a conference, when people have had their breakthroughs, got all the miracles they needed, and broke through and worshiped God, they get into this mentality that, well, that was the end of it. That was the pinnacle. And they start going down. The awakening. This might be the last service this preacher's here, but I pray in the Holy Ghost that something happens tonight that launches you into a mode and a demonstration and a hunger for God that you leave here saying, I'm so glad I went the last night. I'll never be the same again. I'm thirsty for more. Daniel was 13 years old when he did not eat the pulse for 10 days. I mean, he ate the pulse and not the king's meat for 10 days. Went on a Daniel fast. But when he was 82, that's when he went 21 days and did not eat at all, according to historians. 13, he was hungry. 82, he was more hungry. Most people hunger and thirst, fast and pray when they're younger. And then they exist as they age. But Daniel said, the older I get, the thirstier I am for more of him. Someone ought to get like Daniel right now and say, I don't care what I've seen before, how many hours I've prayed before. I want more of God than I've ever had.
I don't want to be an event junkie Pentecostal where I only get breakthroughs when there's a big crowd around me. I want to have a walk with God in a prayer closet that no one knows about. I want to be able to weep and feel him on Monday morning. I don't care what happens tonight, but if he visits me tomorrow, I'll know I'm okay. I want to feel him Tuesday afternoon. I want to know he's with me Wednesday night. I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I'm thirsty for dreams. I'm thirsty for visions. I'm thirsty for the word of God to talk to me like I've never been. I'm eating this. I'm so hungry. for the. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you the truth. I am so hungry for the word of God to speak to me. I can't put my Bible down lately. It's talking to me every time I open it. If you have the opinion that the Bible is boring, you are carnal and you do not read enough. Because if you really thought it would help you, you would open it up and not stop reading until God spoke to you. Oh, the Bible puts me to sleep. <laughs> no, the enemy's putting you to sleep. With carnality. It's sad when you're in an apostolic church and you start preaching about the Bible, and people look at you like you're crazy. Because the only time they read it is when you read your text. That's trying to fight with your sword in your sheath. And the pastors are with me right now because they know if the saints started having a relationship with the word of God on a daily basis, they wouldn't need to be counseled every five minutes. I wish I had some help in here. You don't need a visitation from someone every day to get you through. You need a walk with the word of God. That's what you need, a relationship with the voice of God. You've got your Bible. Hold it up in the air right now. And I'll forgive you if it's on your phone. Hold your phone up. Let it be on the Bible app. This is a weapon, not just a book. This is how you fight the enemy. If you do not read this, you will be taken out eventually. Well, I have trouble reading. Put it on CD, but get the word in your spirit. It's how you get victory. It's how you get authority. The Bible said he magnifies his word above all his name. If you praise the name of Jesus, you ought to love the word of God because the word. The only reason why the name saves you is because the word said the name will save you. The only reason why blood washes your sins away is because the word said blood will wash your sins away. The only reason why you get the Holy Ghost is the word said it's a promise unto you and your children. And dare I say it, but if you need victory over habits and addictions and strongholds, 
you need to get back in your Bible until your thinking is changed. The Bible is what takes anxiety out of your spirit and replaces it with peace. The Word of God is what takes depression out of you and replaces it with joy. You can be see, I'm thirsty for more of God. I'm hungry for more of God. A few months ago, I asked one of my friends who's, who's just a freak when it comes to praying. I said, man, what, what are you doing that nobody's doing? How do you spend so many hours in prayer and reading the Bible? I, 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 I get my time in, but I want to get more. What, what are you doing that I'm not doing? He said, all right, I'll tell you. He said, I take a piece of graph paper, and I write down 30 days in the month, and then I do a graph paper with the months of the year. And every day, I make myself accountable how many hours I've prayed and read my Bible. He said, and every day, I've got to put a number on that graph. And so he said, I started doing it. I started getting hungrier for God. Started realizing how much time I was wasting on my phone. I started getting hungrier for God. And I said, I'm going to try it. And the first month, my prayer life almost tripled. It's been insane for several months. The level. I've got 30-something young preachers that I mentor, and some of them are in this room tonight. And I started telling them, I said, I want you to start doing this. I want to see your prayer lives go to another level. I want you to start praying more. Don't tell me you can't pray 30 minutes, but you can be on your phone for six hours. I said, if Daniel opened his windows three times a day. Now, we always preach that, you know, he opened those windows, and boy, when he found out there was a decree, he started praying three times a day. The Word said he opened his windows as he did a four-time, meaning it was a daily deal with Daniel. Three times a day, the windows opened, and he was praying. I said, God, show me my Daniel windows. Every day there's going to be windows where there's five minutes, 50 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours, where you have opened a chance for me to talk to you. And you know what? If you really pray that, you'll find time in your day that you thought you did not have, but the truth was it was being wasted. And now you, whoa, whoa, I can read two more chapters. I can pray. Oh, some of you don't want that. Everyone's sitting there. You know why you don't want it? Because I'm going to take time away from your other life. If you can scroll. Some of you wish you wouldn't have come tonight. I came for a miracle. You're getting one. A miracle of revelation of how you're supposed to read the word of God. If you can scroll for hours. Like, like, like. I'm not going to call you a loser. But if you're going to tell me that that's being productive in your life, more than spending time with him, you and I are on the same planet. 
There's a lost world going to hell that needs someone to be in tune with God. And we are not of this world. We might be in it, but we are, oh, some of you are mad right now. I'm trying to help you not blend in, Adam and Eve. There's something about us that should be different. We are separate. If you want to be on your phone five hours scrolling, that's awesome. But can you spend five hours in prayer? If you like to scroll, just get the Bible app. You can scroll through the scriptures. It's really cool. You push a button, and it'll scroll right up. You like scrolling. My baby's backing me up. Thank you, babe. I started telling them to do that. These guys in this group that I mentor are insane. They started praying all night, doing crazy. One guy in our group, he called me and said, man, I've got a crazy idea. He said, I, I can't, I, you're not going to believe what I'm doing. I said, he said, I said, what? He said, I made a graph of how many people I witness to every day. Oh, yeah. One hand clap, Spencer. <laughs> he said, I can't stop witnessing to people, and I don't want to put a lower number down on today than people I've witnessed to yesterday. I will not go to sleep at night until I've told somebody about you. I wish somebody would get like that, where they're so consumed with hunger. I've got to reach someone. I've got to help someone. I've got to have more of God. Don't tell me we want revival. While we sit and wait on our phones. Because if you want it, sweetheart, you're going to do something that no one else is doing. You're going to pray something that no one else is praying. You're going to fast when everyone else is feasting. You're going to thirst for God. You'll do something. Same guy in the group. He doesn't even know I'm telling this. He would be so embarrassed if I told all that. Has been praying four hours a day for four straight months, seven days a week. And the only days he doesn't pray four hours are the days he does all night prayer meetings when he prays eight hours a day. God, send us revival. Why don't we be the revival? Why don't we do something different? If you're sitting around waiting and it's not working, why don't you shift gears, sweetheart, and do something beyond sitting there? Get hungry. Get thirsty. I pray for every teenager right now under the sound of my voice that God would baptize you with hunger and thirst for his word, for his kingdom, for his calling. I was on the phone. With Sister Joy Haney, who's in her uh, late 70s, still prays every morning from 3 to 5, sometimes 6 in the morning. 
every day. She said, you wouldn't believe. She said, when I started talking about prayer all over Pentecost, the attacks I got from people. She said, I was told I was bringing prayer back into the Pentecost. But people would attack me left and right because this younger generation just wants a microwave move of God. And if a lady who's lost her husband can just get up every morning at 3 o'clock in the morning and weep for the lost, intercede for preachers and their families, wail for a move of God across the world, what is wrong with me at 36 years old? Oh, I'm calling it out right now. It's time to be real. Let's not call ourselves apostolic if we don't give ourselves to prayer. I just can't find time. I just can't find time. Time is like money. We have to manage it. You have to create things and stop things and reprioritize things to make time. Let me ask you something right now. I want you to not look at anyone around you, but I want you to look at your own life. How many hours a day are you praying? When I say prayer, I'm talking about reading your Bible and talking to God. How many minutes a day are you talking to the Lord? Don't get up here and shout and go crazy. I'm not talking to these young guys up here. I'm talking about any of this. Don't we ever go crazy if you have no walk with him? The devil's shouting with you. But if you want more of him, you are dangerous when you shout. You are dangerous when you hit this altar because hell knows that's not some, someone that's trying to get attention. That's someone that's going somewhere. They've made up their mind. It doesn't matter what's going on tonight. They're going to be talking to God tomorrow. One of the hardest things I'm trying to beat down is I travel full time with my family with three little kids. And I've had evangelists ask me this. They say, how can you get so many hours of prayer in? If you're traveling with your kids, I tell them this. I'm teaching myself to pray while I drive. You talk about distractions. Daddy, 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 daddy. But I've made up my mind. I'm not going to preach this and only be able to do it in the hotel room or early in the morning when no one's up. I should be able to pray throughout the day. I'm, I, every time I drive places now, you, before the drive is over, I'll be dropping tears, crying like a baby because I made up my mind. I'm going to be hungry for God. You can say what you want about me, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you're not going to out-hunger me. You will not out-thirst me. I want him. Is there anyone else that wants him? Is there anyone else that wants a move of God, that wants to hear his voice, that wants to touch him, that wants to know him? If you don't, you're in the wrong church service. You're free to go. The awakening is starting now. An awakening to your prayer life, to your consecration. An awakening that there's more out there. An awakening. You want God to talk to you in dreams? Give him more than seven minutes a day. 
You want God to speak to you through your pastor this Sunday and bring you a word? Pray more than 30 minutes this week before you get there. Don't blame your preacher for not being able to read your mail when you have been in the prayer room all week long. Can I get a witness on this bill? We need people to be hungry for what the elders accomplished. Billy Cole said, you can't out-sacrifice me. I'm trying, Brother Cole. I'm trying. I'm trying. People can say what they want, but I will see the moves of God. I will see the demonstration. I am seeing it. I know there's a key. I know there's a key. It's hunger and thirst. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I want every young man up in this altar right now, 25 and under. You ought to be up here right now. Every young lady, 25 and under, you ought to be up here right now. The Lord's going to impart something to you right now. If there's anyone hungry, would you follow them up here? I speak in the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Release intercessory prayer on some young people right now. Release divine encounters on somebody right now. Let somebody not leave here until they're thirsty again. Somebody cry in the wilderness like David. I'm thirsty, Lord. I'm thirsty, Lord. I'm hungry, Lord. Everybody, the altar's open. If you're hungry, get up here. If you're thirsty, move. Get, who cares what your neighbor says? That's not the person you should be looking for affirmation from right now. Get in the altar where Jesus is trying to have a relationship with you. Young people, it doesn't matter what mom and dad did. It doesn't matter how great grandma and grandpa were. If you fumble, it's over. I dare you to get consumed with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I dare you to leave this place consumed with thirst for God. Nothing else matters but my time with him. Nothing's more important than reading his word. Nothing's more important than knowing his voice. Young man, you ought to pray until tears are dropping like they used to. 
Young lady, you ought to be praying until you're in the vein of the Holy Ghost and you don't care who's around you. You don't care what's going on around you. I dare you right now to really go into the throne room. You want the throne room? It's, it's, you got to get there through prayer. You want to see the glory? You got to get there through prayer. Young kids, pray. Mom and dad, pray. Preachers, pray. The elders showed us how to do it. Give me a lingering spirit in the prayer room. Come on, God's not Santa. He doesn't want us to jump on his lap and tell him our wish list for three seconds and then go home. No, he's my Savior. Whether you answer me or don't answer me, I'll be there praying tomorrow. Whether you heal me or don't heal me, I'll be in your presence. Whether you fix it or I'm still suffering next week, you can count on me, God. I'll be searching. Seek me. Find me when you search for me with all your heart. When's the last time you prayed all night? Jacob wrestled with one angel one night. That changes the future of his life. One all-night prayer meeting. <laughs> When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you saw the face of God? I thirst, I thirst, I thirst. Come on, where's the next Nona Freeman in this altar right now? Where's the next Sister Cole? Where's the next Verbal Bean? Where's the next GTA Wood? Where's the next T.W. Barnes? Here's the key. Spending more time with him. Spending as much time with him as you can. That's the key. That's the key. I want to walk different. I want to think different. I want to speak different. I want to react differently. Let the awakening begin in your spirit right now, in your prayer life, 
in your relationship with God, in your relationship with the Word of God. Let the awakening begin. 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 Don't be a drama starter. Don't be the one always in the flesh. Let the awakening begin. Let the awakening begin. Let the awakening begin. If I don't want it, somebody else will. If I'm not thirsty, somebody else will be thirsty. If I don't get hungry, somebody else will. If I don't pursue, somebody else will. If I'm not going after it, somebody else will. I want them to be blessed, Lord, but I don't want to miss out on what you're doing in my life. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be a spectator. Spectators critique because they're carnal. I want to be like David. I want to search for you, God. I want to seek you with everything in me. Can he hear your voice right now? Can he hear your voice right now? Is your voice rattling the throne room of heaven right now? Are your tears dropping to the floor right now? Are angels waiting to pick up the prayers coming out of your lips right now? Somebody cry out like it's your last altar call. Somebody pray like it's your last encounter. Somebody get desperate like it's your last chance. There we go. Someone start praying with some fervency, with some fire, with some desperation, with some intensity. Uh, thank you, Brother Duggar. I feel you over there. Let somebody pray with some fire. Let somebody pray some fire. Let somebody pray with some fire. Where are the prayer warriors? Where are the intercessors? I see prayer meetings. I see early morning prayer meetings in this building. I see early morning prayer meetings in this building. I see early morning prayer meetings in this building. When Jesus was walking on the water, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. We read that and move on. 
If you read in the Greek, it's come in the plural of persons, meaning Jesus said, I want all of you to come. Matthew, come. Judas, come. Bartholomew, come. John, come. But only one went out of the boat. He was saying, I want all of you to walk on the water, but only one was willing to step out. God, forgive us of that mentality where we've got superheroes few and far between. We need people in the masses. We need the masses to step out of the boat. Every young person throwing down right now, I take a dominion over every school in this area. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against every demon at your school. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak dominion in your prayer life right now against every spirit of bullying, every spirit of the enemy, every spirit of temptation. I come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak authority into your prayer life. I speak dominion in your spirit. You will walk ahead and not behind. You're the head and not the tail. You're a above and not beneath. You've got power and authority in your prayer life. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher's wife. Come on. Stir up that gift in you. Stir up that fire that makes hell say, oh, anybody but him preaching tonight. Anybody but her praying right now. Anybody but him coming up there. No, no, no. Walk with God. Walk with God. Don't just work for God. Walk with God. Walk with God. If you only do the work, you'll be frustrated. If you only do the work, you'll get bitter. If you only do the work, you get upset easy. If you only do the work, you get frustrated at your brothers and sisters. Just ask Martha. If you only do the work, you have no relationship. But if you can learn how to walk, if you can learn how to pray, if you can learn how to fast, you can learn how to walk with God. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Paul.
Paul said, I was in fastings often. <laughs> David said, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O oh God. I'm so thirsty. Whatever, before tonight, whatever a good day of prayer was for you, say 30 minutes is a good day. As of this point forward, that should become a bad day. If 20 minutes is a great day of prayer, from this point forward, that's a bad day. It's not that you won't have days where you only pray 20 minutes, but let that be a bad day. Come on, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost. It's time to up the time with God. Increase the time with God. Increase your walk with God. There's a southern gospel song that says, if you want God to be there on the big days, pray on the little days. Pray on the little days. Pray on the little days. Grab somebody's hand beside you right now. Look him in the eye. Tell him, I'm about to pray for you. And your prayer life's going to go up. When you pray for them, pray for God to open windows throughout their day starting tomorrow where they can spend more time with him. Would you do that right now like you would want someone to pray for you? Would you turn and pray with them right now? God increased their relationship with you right now. Kids up here weeping, speaking in tongues. Come on, pray. Pray for someone right now. God, baptize them with the spirit of consecration. God, consume me with the spirit of prayer. Let me be a walking prayer vessel. Let me be a walking fire. Let hell fear my prayer life. There it is. Somebody travail right now. Somebody travail right now. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody cry out to God. Open the window, Daniel!
Reprioritize it right now as you're praying. As you're praying. Make prayer the most important thing of your day tomorrow. The most important meeting is not with your boss tomorrow. Not at the car dealership tomorrow. The most important meeting is with your king tomorrow morning. Your general wants you to be there in line. The most important meeting is with your savior tomorrow. God is tired of being on the back burner of our lives. I believe the enemy is very troubled tonight. I believe the enemy is very troubled. Because some sleeping giants just woke up. Some prayer warriors just woke up. Some people living in carnality just put the stuff down and said, bring it, I'm ready. I'm hungry. I'm going to go after Jesus like a maniac. (laughs) You've yet to pray your biggest prayer. You've yet to pray your longest prayer. You've yet to pray your most fervent prayer. You've yet to have your greatest encounter. You've yet to have your greatest breakthrough. You've yet to walk through your greatest open door. Oh, you're accomplished, but you're thirsty. 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 Young preacher, let your prayer life bleed into your preaching. 
Preach from your prayer life. Preach from your prayer life. Preach from your prayer life. Dry prayer, dry preaching. Fervent prayer, fervent preaching. Witness from your prayer life. Pray, intercede from a deep place of prayer. 